All right, praise the Lord. Okay. Oh, so let's go to Psalm 70. And I'm telling you, uh, you, you, you know, to, to help yourself out here, the book of Psalms may as well, because there's no lyric. I mean, there, there's no guitar picking music in here. You don't see All you get is the lyrics, you know. And they don't rhyme. You're not going to find anything that rhymes. Even in the Hebrew, they weren't really set up to rhyme. Okay. What's, what it boils down to is these are prayers. And David and the people that wrote these things had some things about the Lord they did not want you to forget, so they just put it to a song. And, of course, it, uh, it worked. I mean, you know, we got some soldiers in here now, and the soldiers don't go, well, we don't know about anything about keeping anything together. Yeah, they do. That's a drill to keep you going. I mean, to keep you on pace. And, and these are drills to keep you on pace. They're prayers. Now, watch what happens here in Psalm. I'm already at Psalms. Let's go to Psalm 70 here. And you could pick millions of them. Well, 150, but <clears throat> any of these here. Watch what happens here in 70. See, and, and remember, you have to put this in, uh, in your language. I mean, put it, put, uh, uh, this is David wrote this. But every time you read this, it's you. You can't say, well, David said, rescue me. <laughs> you got to remember, David was king, and he commanded this to be sang. And if you were in the vicinity of Jerusalem, you heard this. And you were like, hey, cool. And you would get it. It's just like turning on the radio. They had choirs. You can go read it. was all set up. Solomon had it even bigger than David did. Okay. Anyway, notice this. Rescue me, O God. Now, boy, that's selfish. Now, where's all the part in there about I need to make sure I get to sin out of my life and make sure I'm a better Christian and whatever? Man, if you're in trouble, you don't have time for that. And besides that, God knows who you are, and you and him are going to work things out if there's any difficulties. But right now, you've got trouble brewing. He says, rescue me, O God. Lord, hurry to my aid. Well, we can't hurry up God. It's not what it says here. The book of Luke tells us, Jesus said, uh, I tell you, he says that God will avenge them speedily. When, in Luke chapter 18, the Lord was talking about the unjust judge. And he says, hear what he says. He says, well, I'll help this woman because she's bugging me. And Jesus said, hear what the unjust said, just judge says, and shall not God avenge his very own who cry unto him daily, day and night? And he says, I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Okay, so notice what he says. They are after my life and delight in hurting me. Confuse them, shame them, stop them, don't let them keep on mocking me. Now remember who David was. He was king, no less than dealing with a nation that's Muslim next door. We want him dead. How are you going to do it? Well, we'll work from the inside out since we can't bomb him. So they get little people in there. We call them spies. We know all about this. We've all watched all kind of movies. David even wrote about it. He says, my own friend who sat down and ate with me has lifted up his heel against me. You could have trouble at home, trouble at work. You don't believe my boss. My boss is... This is your psalm right here. Rescue me, God. <laughs> get me out of this mess. And he will. Ah, so what does he say? Shame them. Stop them. Don't let them keep on mocking me. But fill the followers of God with, there it is again, joy. You know, when you're not feeling well, things are not working for you, that should be an indicator like your gas gauge on your car. Ooh, I need to get some gas in the car. Things are not working out for you. You're sad or whatever. Those are indicators. James chapter 5 says, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. We don't pray for more problems. That's the problem with our society today, our Christian society. We think, well, if you pray for this, what do they say? God's going to give you a problem. That's ridiculous. He'll get you out. Watch how David responded here. 
but fill the followers of God with joy. Let those who love your salvation exclaim, what a wonderful God He is. And, and I'm not here to tell you that we have to go out of here with the right attitude and start going, what a wonderful God He is. You should not be able to be quiet about it. Things that are broke start working, you know. Things that are falling apart everywhere, it's just the place is just, it all, it all just starts working out. Because God will do it for you. But I am in deep trouble. Rush to my aid, for only you can help me and save me, O Lord. Do not delay. Hmm. Well, there must be some more to that psalm. No, that's the end of it. That's the end of it. That's all there is. That's all there is to that piece right there. Praise God. Now, let's go back over here to, uh, uh, oops, over here to the Old Testament and, uh, and look at something else. Uh, I want to go over here to, uh, to, let's see, back up one more. Leviticus. Say, my goodness, what could be in Leviticus? Well, actually, if, you take, if you'll take uh, uh, Genesis, Exodus, let me close that down a little bit. The first five books of the Bible there, and the Bible in, in general was put together absolutely wonderfully. These here, all here, these first five here is, I mean, the whole thing's historic, but this here is laid out beautifully. Exodus just means we exit on the highway. We got out somewhere. That's when they got out from among Pharaoh. All of this about Genesis is just a picture of you today. And if you'll go look at it, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, even Noah, and whatever, the blessings of God should be just falling all over you. You know. And if they're not, go, hey, Lord, there's something wrong here. I need, I need what you've provided all these people in the book of Genesis. And he'll do it. Uh, so anyway, the Israelites, they're on their way to the promised land. We're going to the promised land. I want you to look at something here in the, I think it's the 26. Let me look just a second. Yeah, here we go. The 26th chapter. They are almost to the promised land. And let's look at some things here. Oh, <clears throat> He says, you must have no idols. You must never worship carved images, obelisks, or shaped stones, for I am the Lord your God. Now, this is important, that he's your God. Now, the, the world doesn't know anything about the Lord, and that's the reason we're trying to tell people about it. But now watch this. You must obey my Sabbath of laws of rest and reverence my tabernacle, for I am the Lord. Now, don't worry about this. Jesus came along. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. Let no man judge you concerning holy day or whatever. But watch this. For if you obey all my commandments... Now, listen... This in Leviticus 26, you can go back to Leviticus 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, and you have what's called the sin offering, you have a burnt offering, and then you've got a thank offering, and then you've got yearly offerings, and every day, every day, Aaron and his sons were supposed to sacrifice a lamb for the sins of the people. It was every day. And then, of course, they had the big one, the Passover, which was, they, they did it, it, but it was all the time. So, there's something great down here, but you can check out on this right here if all of a sudden you say, well, he said obey all my commandments. Listen, every one of us and everyone here was guilty of not obeying these commandments. We're breaking them left and right. So don't throw this out and say, well, I guess I'll never get that. We got it covered. Now watch what happens. If you obey all my commandments. Now, his real commandment is this here. Worship God. Don't go after some other kind of help, whatever. In other words, some other kind of God. Now watch what happens. I will give you, look at this, regular rains. Well, you've got to take a little bad with the good. Well, that's not what he says here. I don't take that at all. Jesus said, I've come to you might have life and have it more abundantly. But see, sometimes when we don't get 
looks like we don't get blessings and stuff, we'll go, well, I guess it's just not God's. It's just not time for me. No, you need to be doing like David said. Rescue me. Because you said, Lord, you would rescue me. And you said right here, you would send me regular rains. Look at this. And the land will yield bumper crops. Now that's starting to get you where your finances at. That's the reason when this thing starts getting low, instead of going, well, I guess it's, you know, the Lord just doesn't want me to. That's ridiculous. Huntsville Utility wants it. i got to have it, you know. And start looking for it. And God will get it to you. He will. Luke, Matthew chapter 17. They hit Peter up. For uh, let, let me just turn to this and we'll come right back. But I, it's so important that we catch these things. Because uh, sometimes we just think God doesn't care about us financially. And it, oh, yes, He does. Praise the Lord. Watch this. Well, same book. Hang on. Uh, Matthew, and go down here to 17. How do you know all these verses? I use them. I don't go to preacher school to learn this stuff. I use them. This change your life, right? This is like praise God. Okay, chapter 17. Let's see. Get down here. Let me scroll down. Oh, hang on. My new mouse getting sensitive there. Look at this. Verse 24. On their arrival in Capernaum. Okay, or Decatur. They came to Decatur. And the temple tax collectors. Man, you call it the IRS. They're serious. Hey, give us our money, buddy. They came to Peter and said, doesn't your master pay taxes? Now notice who they came to. They came to Peter. Now this is fantastic because God knows your name. He knows every hair on your head, okay? Now watch what Jesus does because he technically is not here. Jesus didn't hear this story. Watch this. Of course he does. Now boy, isn't that a great reply? Do you think Peter got the Lord in trouble right there? No. Peter knew Jesus. Jesus is going to paint. Jesus is not poor and broke. Anyway... He went into the house to talk to Jesus about it, but before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him. Now remember, Jesus did this to Nathaniel one time in, in John chapter 1. Nathaniel said, when Jesus said, hey, there's an Israelite in whom is no guile. In other words, there's a, there's a very good man right there. And Nathaniel says, how do you know me? And Jesus said, I saw you this morning underneath the fig tree. You're the son of God. See, there's something about God knows you. And nobody else does. And you know, God knows this. Well, Jesus knew what was happening outside the door. And he says, hey, Peter, let me ask you something. Before he came into the house, Jesus said, before he had a chance to speak, Jesus said, what do you think, Peter? Do kings levy assessments against their own people or against conquered foreigners? And, of course, Peter said, well, against the foreigners. They don't charge their kids for anything. Oh, really? Well, maybe it's God's will that we have a little financial trouble. Well, wait a minute. Well, see, I have a problem with this story if it's not for you and I today. One reason, because I'm preaching it right now. It's a waste of time. We use this scripture if it don't work. Well, then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. However, uh, we don't want to offend them, so go down to the shore, throw in a line, open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you'll find a coin to cover the taxes for both of us. King James says, for you and me. God will pay your bills if you'll just trust Him. I don't care what limit you're at with your work or whatever. If you will ask the Lord, He will do it. He'll help you. Now, let's go back here to where we were. And watch this over here. And is that the book we want? Yeah, that's Leviticus. So here we are. All right, so let's see what He says He'll do. I will give you regular rains. Bumper crops. The trees will be loaded with fruit long before the normal time. That's incredible. 
Mernie, you got to watch out for them bees. You're going to have so much bee work. It's incredible. <laughs> but that's okay. You get somebody to help deal with it. You know, praise the Lord. And all the grapes will be ripening before the sowing time comes. You'll eat your fill and, oh, I love this. You'll live safely in the land. Now, that's very important. God will keep you safe. I've got my pistols. Yeah, I got my pistols and whatever, but they only shoot in one direction. What if somebody comes up behind you? <laughs> That's the reason I get tickled all these movies. They'll have these kung fu guys or whatever. They're going, and all it takes is one bullet and that guy's out, you know, whatever. Or a nuclear bomb or whatever. Or if that's not enough, you could get sick, you know. You could have a car wreck. Richard was a great guy, but after he left church, had a car wreck, died down there. I guess we just learned to deal with it. I'm going to do more than deal with it. He said, you will live safely in the land. Everybody's going to be all right. We're going to be okay. Say, well, Richard, how do you know that? Well, let me keep getting this part. Now we'll go look at something else. So he says, I will chase away. Look at this. The dangerous animals. Now, I don't know about you, but we got a friend. We got, we got somebody in here. You're afraid. He's my son over here. Five coyotes came after him one time when he's on the ground in a hayfield. Run out of bullets. He fended off the last one that come in the air and come on him with a, a Pakistan silly little knife he had. Isn't that true, Dustin? Yep. We're both lying together. No, we're not lying. He called me on the phone instantly, breathing hard and going. And he t- he'll tell you right now. He said, I was not out there alone. Because he said when he, when, he, when he hit that coyote, he says it just bounced off of him. He said, he said, I was not out there alone. He said, the angels were there. Something was going on. That thing just flew off of him. Coyotes are just little wolves. I was showing Melody, we were looking on YouTube, and this guy was in a car, and he was watching a wolf come by his car, and I was saying, what's the cell phone? It was shaking. <laughs> but there's things out there, even if it's not that, it's domesticated dogs or whatever. You know, or whatever. It didn't make a difference. I don't see, look, look at this. They will, you will chase your enemies. They will die beneath your swords. Five of you will chase a hundred, a hundred of you ten thousand. You will defeat all your enemies, and I will look after you and multiply you. That means your kids. You need to quit worrying about your kids. I mean, my daughter's got one on the way, and, and, she, and she knows better. It's like, oh, no, I dread for my kids. Oh, no, America's going down. If that's not enough, the world is so bad. Oh, your kids are going to be fine. Why are they going to be fine? We're just trying to be positive? No. More than positive, the Lord will take care of you. He really will. He really will. So you will have such a surplus of crops that you won't know what to do with them when the new harvest is ready. What's all this about? Well, Jesus said, I've come to you might have life and have it more abundantly. And he says what? He says, I will live among you and not despise you. Now, don't forget, it's not because you're so doggone perfect. Because you look in this same chapter right here, they were get, he said if a man wants to bring a sin, well, he's supposed to bring a sin offering anyway, but Jesus is our sin offering. And so all that's taken care of. But you can condemn yourself and say, well, I'm just not worthy and I just don't think Jesus will help me. Yes, He will. I want you to focus on this right Such surplus of crops. If you don't feel like your life is in this position right now, you need to on your way home or even right now under your breath say, Lord, that's mine. That belongs to me. This, these are, I mean... If it's not yours, what's it doing in your Bible? These things belong to you. Anyway, you won't know what to do with them. When the new harvest is ready, and I will live among you and not despise you. I will walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. For I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt so that you would, uh, uh, you would be slaves no longer. We need to get this.
The whole reason for the Passover was to show that God broke our slavery or broke the Israelites, you could say. Uh, and that Because He does not want us to be slaves. He's got information. I just read it in the book of Leviticus too. If a man, if one of the Israelites, if he got so poor, think about this. If he was so poor, he said he wanted to sell himself to another fellow Israelite. He could not be treated as a slave. He could go to work for him, but he had to be treated as though he was a worker. God doesn't want you to be a slave. He doesn't. He set us free. Okay, but anyway, let's see. Uh, I'm the Lord your God. You'll be slaves no longer. I have broken your chains so that you can walk with dignity. Praise God. All right. Uh, let me go over here to uh, the book of Numbers just a moment. In Numbers chapter... Let me look. I think it's chapter 2. Oh. Uh, Numbers is kind of interesting. Oh, the book is such a weird... The Bible is so strange. Numbers is about numbers. Okay. But it's great. It's got stories in there, and there's a reason for the numbers. You know, one reason for the numbers is... See, we had a lot of people today saying that everybody that wrote the Bible was... They just don't drugs. Well, how come the places are real places over there today? Those places are real. And these names are there too. You ever heard of Ancestry.com? I wouldn't trust that for nothing. Whatever. But these guys here wrote it down. Matter of fact, when the Israelites came back from under King Nebuchadnezzar, they all marched back to Jerusalem again. Some of them couldn't get their houses in order until they showed whoosh, their genealogies. Somebody was supposed to keep that. So anyway, this is the biggest scam ever if these things are not true. But they are true. But anyway, so all these things are numbers. Now he's going to say something about these tribes. There was 12 tribes of Israel, okay? It was Jacob's sons. But I want to show you something important about one tribe. Oh, uh, let's see. Let me get down here to where the Levites are. All right, here we go. Let's see. The next in line, there was the Levites. Okay, here we go. Oh. Well, did I pass it? I think it's chapter one. Excuse me. Toward the end, hang on a second. I just want to show you something. It's very interesting. Now, watch this. All right. Uh, this total does not include the Levites. Uh, he said to Moses, exempt, them, uh, exempt the tribe of Levi from the draft. And they was talking about those who could go to war. And that wasn't because they were pansies. No. They were taking care of the sacrifices and the offerings and stuff for God. Now watch this for the reason. Watch this. For the Levites are assigned to the work connected to the tabernacle and its transportation. They are to live near the tabernacle. Now watch these words right here. Now remember, Jesus has done this for us today, but watch this. Whenever the tabernacle is moved, the Levites are to take it down and set it up again. So remember Moses was up on Mount Sinai for 40 days. He was up there getting all these instructions. Anyone else touching it shall be executed. Each tribe of Israel shall have a separate camping area of its own flag. See, they're on the way to the promised land. Now watch closely. The Levites' tents shall be clustered around the tabernacle. Watch this. As a wall between the people of Israel and God's wrath. What's all that about? Jesus has died for your sins. The Levites were under... God didn't... Moses didn't say, you know, we better get a buffer between... God set this up. Have the Levites only be around the tabernacle. Why? To keep them away from the wrath of God. Why? Because they are our representatives. How does that affect us today? The entire book of Hebrews. Jesus is our high priest. You and, and God, you are so linked together with Him. Now we come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help today. But sometimes we just miss it. We just think God's out to get us. Well, if He's out to get us, why did He send the whole staff to keep us protected? In other words, all the things that we needed. In other words, we didn't know how to... How do I deal with God? I mean, how do I approach God? And somebody was taking that place for us. Praise the Lord. Okay. Well, what are we going to do? 
Well, let's see what Jesus did. Ah, let's go to. Uh, well, let me get let me get John first. John, chapter ten. And in John ten, whoops, you click on that. Excuse me. Oh. Now watch this. Oh. Oh. John chapter 10. The thief's purpose is to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Now this is a contrast. And so if these things are happening in your life, you should be like, hey, this is... I need to wake up here. Because, you know, Jesus doesn't use a metaphorical statement that doesn't have any value to it. It's got to be real or it's a wasted time. In other words, if God's doing this to it. No, He's not. Jesus said, my purpose is to give life in all its fullness, and he's called the Good Shepherd. Watch what he does right here, for instance. Uh, Matthew chapter uh, 19. Not 19, excuse me, 20. Hold on a second. I think it is 19. One second. Mm, It's 19. Yeah, here we go. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matthew, yeah. Hold on. It's 20. It's right there at the start. Well, 21. I just looked at this. Praise the Lord. Oh, here we go. Give me a second. I don't know why I'm overlooking that. I'm overlooking something. I need to show you. I still think I'm in 19. All right, give me one second. I know it's not 18. I thought it was... Oh, oh! Where am I at? 19. There it is, right there. Look at this. Okay. Oh, after Jesus finished this address, he left Galilee, circled back to Judea. Okay, he's on this part of town, circled back to the other part of town. Now, watch what he does. Vast crowds followed him. Now, you've got to understand, there's got to be some special people in vast crowds that are not supposed to get all these blessings. I mean, come on. It, it, it ain't for everybody. Oh, really? It is. That's the reason, if you, if you look closely, it's your unbelief that's saying... He's going to do it for everybody else in the room, but he's not going to do it for me. And you should recognize, man, that's a problem. i got to fix that. That's where my problem is. I never believe God's going to help me. Well, yeah, why don't you switch that for once? Yeah, but I just feel like, you know, I mean, I mean why would God? It's not a matter of why God would do it, because he loves you. He's covered all your problems. Don't worry about that. So watch this. Vast crowds followed him, and he healed their sick. Gee. Be nice if we had that. You do have that. These things belong to you. He'll take care of every one of us. Every one of us. Oh, let me back up uh, another spot right here in, uh, let's take it from four, yeah, fourth chapter. What's at the end of that? Watch this. Okay, he just he just picked up Peter. Let's see. Here's he's Lake of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon and Peter. Okay, they they were fishermen. Come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. 
And then he picks up James and John. Oh, now watch what happens here in 23. Jesus traveled throughout, uh, throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues everywhere, preaching the good news about the kingdom of heaven, and healed every kind of sickness and disease. I sure wish he was the same. Wait, he is. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ the same, yesterday, today, and forever. You find these same things in the book of Acts. They all belong to you. Well, let me close with this. Let's go back over to uh, the book of Psalms. And no wonder David would uh, spend so much time here talking about um, <clears throat> what God would do. Let's go to... Uh, let's take... Uh, 34 here. Psalm 34. I'll praise the Lord no matter what happens. I will constantly speak of His glories and grace. I will boast of all of His kindness to me. Let all who are discouraged, what? Wait, yeah, take heart or we just wait it out. No. Take heart. Why? Let us praise the Lord together and exalt His name. Now some people, they just think, they, we, I know songs right now and that's all they sing. And they call it Psalm 34. You need to get the rest of it. And that's what makes this so great because he says, four, four, four. See, when you're hurting this morning, I know, we're ready to go home. We're going home. We're going to leave just a minute, you know. And if you've got things on your mind, I mean, I know you're here and you enjoy everybody here, whatever, but I'm telling you, that thing that's on your mind, you're still drifting to it. You're going, oh, God, I got to deal with that. I got to deal with this. I got to deal with this. I got something I got to do or something. You know, it's called a distraction. God knows you're distracted too. And He wants you to just praise Him if you're distracted. You praise Him because He's your God. He doesn't... We, we've got this idea that we think when we say, well, He's our God, we're talking from a uh, Christianity in the 1900s or the 20th century or the 21st century, you know. Well, we're just not, we're just not Muslim or whatever and we're just not uh, this. We're, we believe in Jesus. He's our God. When God wants you to consider Him your God... It's those bumper crops. It's all these things that are you got to have to help get you through this life. I mean, it's abundant life is what it is. So he says, For I cried unto the Lord, and He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. And I'm telling you this morning, if you'll just roll that burden over on the Lord, He'll do the same thing for you. I want to come back to that, but I want to just, just show you. 55, look what he says here. 22. I like it because it's double numbers here. 55.22, what does he say? Give your burdens to the Lord. He will carry them. He will not permit the godly to slip. I'll put that in the King James. You know what it says. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. King James. He says, um, where'd it go? 22? Oh yeah. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Some of us have heard that so many times we don't realize the power behind it. But it's all there. But if you see it in the Living Bible, look what he says. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. So what does he say? Give your burdens to the Lord. He will carry them. <laughs> he will. He'll not permit the godly to slip or fall. I'm getting all twisted up here, but uh, we'll just stop over here. So look at this. He's not going to let you twist. He's not going to let the godly slip or fall. Psalm 91. What are you going to do with Psalm 91 in your life? This is total protection. Look at this. He rescues you from every trap and the fatal plague. Quit worrying about a spot they found on your back or whatever. Or, or something, or maybe you, you got a cough. Or, I can't breathe as deep. Or, or wait a minute, I, I, you know, some of us, and we're all going to, but some of us are getting old, you know. Hey, I'm getting old. I'm 54, you know. 
But you're going to be okay. Look what he says here. He will shield you. He will shelter you. You I have a problem with this if this is not for everybody in this room because every time you read it, it says, He will shelter you. He doesn't say, well, it's my term. My definition of shelter is probably not your... I don't want it if it's not my definition. He is a shelter. God walked up to Abraham one day. In Genesis chapter 15, He says, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Man, no wonder he said, okay, I'll go to the promised land then. Abraham went where he didn't even know what was out there. But God said, go, and he did. He said, though a thousand fall at my side, ten thousand are dying around me, the evil will not touch me. Can you say that, or are you going to say, eh, it's probably going to get me. I mean, the aircraft, the wing falls off, we're doomed. You're not doomed. I don't care what's going on. God will save you. He will. Last thing, look at this part right here. Uh, you can safely meet a lion. We just read that part. I'll keep you safe from the wild animals. Or step on poisonous snakes, even trample them beneath your feet. For the Lord says, because he loves me, I will rescue him. Now, don't, don't think the King James must be something strange here. No, it's the same thing. He says here, uh, you'll trample the dragon, you know, the young lion and the dragon, you'll trample under your feet. Because he set his love upon me, I will deliver him. I'll set him on high because he's known my name. Switch back to the living just a moment. We'll finish this out. Watch this. He says, when he calls on me, I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. Now, he didn't just quit right there. Oh, it's just nice to know, God, you're there. I'm fixing to have the, the fool beat out of me, but I'm just glad you're there. I don't want that. Send me a card if that's all you're going to do. I mean, I need, I need a bigger God just to be with me. When Isaiah says, when you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned. Why? Because I am with you. And through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. I'm the Lord your God. And so what is he says he'll do? And I'll rescue him and honor him, and here's our long life, and I'll satisfy him with a full life and give him my salvation. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you for your word today. Lord, there's no way we could look at these things and get discouraged. Lord, we're going to take everything that's facing us that looks like discouragement, and we're just going to ask you to bail us out, get us out of trouble. So, Lord, if we're not feeling good today, maybe in our body, maybe something's wrong, or throat's hurting, or eyes, ears, it doesn't matter what it is. Lord, fix us. We just thank you that you will. Lord, I thank you if we have financial trouble, no matter what it is. You'll get us out of that trouble, too. And if there's anything we didn't mention or whatever, we just know you're a God that gets us out of trouble, like you said in the Psalms and different places, Lord. And that doesn't leave anything left for us to tell others what great things you've done for us. Because we know that's how you get other people's attention. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Uh-oh, somebody's screaming. Are you glad I'm done? Come blow my candles out for me. There you go. There's one of them.